0: Realtor.com is making a stand for buyer representation, and you can too. Join Realtor.com in sharing the list of 111 things buyer's agents do. Visit Realtor.com slash toolkit to help spread the word. Buyer agents are essential.
1: My current new exciting thing to really think about a new pivot for me is just to be a leader among leaders. In this role, right? I mean, I, it's it's how can we help the leaders of this company be able to function at their very best level without all the day to day, you know, stress? What can we get resolved for them? And how can we get the best work shared across the company so that they can stay creative, motivated, excited? You know, so leading among leaders is a new challenge. I'm looking for advice, <laughs> um, and I'm excited about it. But yeah. I, it's an incredible group of people at the company.
0: Welcome to the Real Trending Podcast, where your host, Tracy Velt, Editorial Director of Real Trends, interviews the brightest minds in real estate. Each week, brokerage leaders, top agents, team leaders, and industry experts join Tracy to share trends, their secrets to success, and the lessons they learn navigating this ever-changing industry. Before we begin, here's a word from our sponsor. Hi, this is Sarah Wheeler, editor-in-chief of HW Media, and I'm talking to Ed Messman, CEO at Rook Capital about their shared value investment program. Ed, why does having community focused investors matter in shared equity models in general?
2: Yeah, alignment is truly key here. Investors who truly care about housing affordability and access to housing in their own communities, those are the those are the people that are most interested, and they're also not just focused on financial ROI, their definition of ROI is a bit different and more expanded. Um, And those are the types of investors that I think truly resonate with what we're trying to do.
0: That's so important. Thanks, Ed. And listeners, you can find out more at rook.capital.
2: Welcome to the Real Trending Podcast, where we speak to the brightest minds in real estate about leadership, business growth, trends, and strategy. I'm your host, Tracy Velt, the Senior Director of Data and Content for Housing Wire and Real Trends. And today, I'd like to welcome Liz Geringer, President and CEO of Anywhere Franchise Brands, which includes Coldwell Banker Affiliates, Better Homes and Gardens, and ERA Real Estate. So welcome, Liz.
1: Thank you so much, Tracy. It's great to be here. And it includes Century 21 as well. We have a family of awesome brands. Yes,
2: we can't forget them for sure. So, um, well, congrats on your newest new ish, I guess, um, position. I know that you've been with the company for a long time. So in multiple different roles. Um, But I wanted to first start by you've made a lot of strategic changes this year, um, and you've had a lot of leaders, um, you know, like Sherry Chris just retired, Ryan Gorman left the company. Um, So tell me a little bit about the opportunity that it presents some of the, maybe not the people leaving, but the the other strategic moves that the company has made um, for the company moving forward.
1: Thank you. Yeah, we have, a I think, a really intentional focus on what we're working on at the company. And it takes many people, many different leaders. And, you know, of course, this incredible network, it's a really big, strong network um, out through our our franchises, our brokerages, and out through the agents. So we really consider everybody part of this incredible team that powers this really big, um, you know, part of the real estate market overall. Um, But we are really strategically focused on franchise growth, you know, as one example, growth generally, but definitely in the franchise space. So I'm excited to speak with you more about that. Um, We're really excited about luxury and we have a great deal of luxury focus across the company and also just easing the transaction for the consumer. So the consumer's experience of real estate, really in any aspect of where you would interact with us as a a consumer, uh, whether that's through our company on brokerages, our franchises, or if you interacted uh, with us through our integrated services like title and mortgage.
2: Great. Um, now, like I said before, you have a long history with the company, starting with Sundant in 2004. Um, you were in compliance COO. So talk to me about maybe your greatest lesson learned um, through so many leadership positions in the company.
1: Well, since I started as a lawyer, I'll probably say something that sounds very lawyerly, (laughs) but it served me well. Um, I think I really do follow facts. You know, I look for the facts. I listen for the facts. I'm very much of a student type person where, you know, I really want to be informed. I have learned so many times, I'm sure you have, too, that, you know, your first impression is often incorrect or you kind of come with whatever biases you come from toward information Uh, So I've just really learned to listen for the facts. So you're in in the field of journalism. It's like you know just as well as anybody does. You have to really dig in, gather some information before you jump with the assumption. So if a crisis were to come to my door, something hit the news or we're trying to figure out something that's going on, I definitely want to understand everybody's perspective and what really happened before we're having a response or figuring out what we need to do. And I take that same approach with customers. Uh, you know, what does that customer need? We could bring a lot of different things. We could bring a lot of different things to an agent. We could bring a lot of different things to a, a broker, a franchisee, a manager, an employee. So, you know, really trying to understand everything could be different. So what are the facts in that current situation? You know, what could be the information that helps us be a bit better in our listening and therefore our response? So I'd say I'm a I take my time, not overly so, but my preference is to have information.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I, I completely understand that, especially when making big decisions. But even um, with with smaller ones, there's always some sort of impact that you need to anticipate um, or value proposition or way to structure your message that resonates with the person you're talking to. So you know, that's a, a great lesson for everyone, <laughs> definitely.
1: And isn't it I I found when I started, I might have wanted to have the answers, you know, like you felt the pressure to show that you had an answer or propose something. But I think it's really neat to get to the place where you feel comfortable with the silence or with the moment, you know, and really taking things in and trying to make the team, whoever you work with, feel that way too. that there can be a process, there can be some time where we can learn and and listen to each other.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I want to go into kind of your new position overseeing all these great brands. Um, What is your overarching growth strategy um, with them? And as you're implementing different, um, you know, you've had past leaders doing different things. Are you doing anything differently um, to really grow those brands?
1: Yeah, my intention. So my background is in franchise. Mm -hmm. I started my career actually right after I studied uh, business in college. I started with Ford Motor Company, which is a franchise Mm -hmm. system as well. I feel like my work to even today is really informed by that experience I had, which was being part of a brand, heading out into a network, learning business from the franchise network, from the practitioners you know really listening for what they needed from ford motor company not just the cars not just the inventory right but what was everything they needed what's the marketing when you think about the end in that situation the consumer or this car salesperson you know what do they need from the company so that's really the um, approach i've taken as i've learned franchise which has really been my entire career listening for the value and improving the value that we bring out to the network out to a franchise, a broker, the agent, and ultimately that will hit the consumer. So that's exactly what I intend to do in this role. We have a family of awesome brands and we could certainly talk about what I think unifies them because I think there is a great thing that does com- connect all of our brands. But you know, we have differentiators as well. Still day-to-day there's practice, right? There's business practice. You can be really good at certain aspects of it. So we were just discussing um, a franchise sales process, and it's done very differently across the brands when you're talking to to companies and making sure that the experience of the brand is very experiential. Some of the brands do it better than others. You know, you don't want to just say, "What what does Century 21 stand for? What does Coldwell Banker stand for? Better Homes and Gardens, ERA, any of our brands. But you want the person to really experience what it is like to be part of that network, to understand the technology, the marketing, maybe hear from someone who's already in the system about that, but in a deeper way than to just have you know, a testimonial. So those are the kinds of things some brands might do a little differently that I want to look across and see how we can all um, share. That's more of a practice thing that has nothing to do with getting into what's the different offering, what differentiates us. That's not business plan or marketing plan, but it's the, it's the how. Um, and I think there's a lot of room to really share best practices. That can sound kind of cliche, but I am confident, just even in my first few weeks in the position, I am hearing about some different approaches and great ideas, just good ideas that I think we can share across the brands.
2: Yeah, I feel like you bring such a, a different skill set. I mean, you had John Payton, who really came from a marketing background. And then you had Sherry, who who came from like a really a relationship. She was great at business, but a relationship background. Yeah. And I feel like your skill set and legal and, and kind of deal structure and all of that is, is a different leadership, um, you know, that you bring skill set that you bring to the table. Tell me how you feel about that and, and where you feel like you can make a big difference um, in the expansion brands,
1: I guess. Yeah, know. I think all of the leaders who have touched the company and, and many are here, there's constant movement mm-hmm. of roles. I mean, that's one of the best values that you see in anywhere is this talent story that we can move around and learn and grow in the different positions and bring those to other positions. So I think that's actually what really is a big, powerful part of what we offer, which is this varied training. So Sherry, for example, hasn't actually retired. She's in a different position. So she's with us. I've spent so much time with her over the last few weeks. Um, She's an icon. She's so knowledgeable. And for her to be able to step away from the daily work, which can be recruiting, retaining, working on just so many details to a more strategic position. She's going to be helping across the family of brands. She's already had great ideas. We've had some in-depth discussions about growth in mergers and acquisitions, for example. She is a, a great mind who you know works with us, but just in a different capacity. I think for me, it's making sure that the what I want to assure is that the franchisees are getting the absolute best value that we can bring to them. I talked a little bit about my franchise lens. Uh, Sue Yannicone, who I work for, is also a franchise person by career and with incredible depth and expertise. So in working in combination with her, our focus is to just really make sure that the, the franchisees get great value so that we can retain the franchisees we have and bring on additional companies. And that's for the benefit of all the people down the line from that, really, for the agents and consumers. We want to have incredibly satisfied franchisees.
2: And you had mentioned um, the thread that kind of ties all the brands together. Um, Tell me what that is. And I know that you know it's hard when you're managing several different brands that have a very different um, culture to each of them. So talk to me a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, I would love to. So I because my background after I was at Ford and started in franchise, I spent time in law. I went to law school. I worked in a litigation firm, and I actually came into the company through a litigation role. And I quickly moved into forming our ethics and compliance department might sound boring, but it's so important because it's the foundation of, of culture, right? It's it's how we do business. It's how we treat each other. It's how we treat our customers. It's really setting the culture of the company and, and taking a stance on who we are, that we operate with the highest integrity. That is the, the very thing that connects our companies today. And I think should be experienced across every brand. And, that, you know, it's, it shouldn't really be a competitive differentiator, right? I mean, the consumer should have a good experience with every real estate transaction, trusted, not having to worry, feel that they're getting fair information, that they understand every aspect of who's involved in the the transaction, and that they're treated with respect, and they're getting incredible expertise. That's what I think real estate should be. I I don't think it has to be us against everyone else, but I do think that we are uniquely committed to values. And I think when Customers meet and agents meet at the closing table. These brands do connect every day, right? We have all these incredible brands. Uh, We mentioned Cobble Banker, Better Homes and Gardens, ERA, Century 21. We also have Corcoran and Sotheby's. We all meet at closing tables across the country, across the globe. So it's not, you know, they're not just in separate silos. And I think what you can get from those, all of those brands is trusted practitioners, you know, polished professionals who really are looking out for you. The other thing I, I want to bring as a point of my own emphasis into these brands, and I think it exists, but it's like there may be more points of connection across the brands, is just expertise. I think customers are looking for more and more expertise because people are moving further afield. They're moving out of the town they grew up in, and you know they're buying in various parts of the country. COVID certainly drove much more of that behavior, and real estate investment has exploded we have seen so much more secondary purchases um, and beyond third, fourth, and fifth homes. And what we have come to understand, cobble Banker is one example of a, a survey that was conducted by cobble Banker. All of the brands do really incredible work on digging for expertise. We hand that expertise to our agents. But in this example, cobble Banker really dug in to understand international buyers in the United States, for example where are they buying, what's driving them to buy, um, and what features are they looking for? So this type of work, um, this type of survey work, this example is uh, household, 1200 household with a household income, 1200 people with a household income of over a million dollars, asking those people where it is they're looking to buy in the US and why, and we can turn around and inform the agents so they can speak in a very educated manner with their customers. Like that's the level of information that the customers expect. They they themselves are super informed, but they don't really have time to dive into the things that they should know for their particular transaction. They're just fed like where are mortgage rates today. You know, they're not they're fed like the real estate drama, but not the the real estate transactional information and I think mm-hmm. that's something all of our brands can do a fantastic job they do, but mm-hmm. I think it's a point I'd like to emphasize.
2: Yeah. And it's a point of relationship, um, you know, kind of encouraging those relationships as well and building a deeper relationship by offering, you know, information that maybe other people are not offering. um, So that down the road, you get that referral business and that repeat business as well.
1: That is, it's such a great, that's such a great jumping off point that you're saying there, because the network of agents also sort of judges each other by that that level of expertise, I mean, you're exactly right. That's what drives referral business. That's what a big network is all about. And that's what the agents are looking for. So when you're alone with top agents or really any agents, but I spend a lot of time with our top agents, our top luxury agents. And it's so fascinating to me um, that they really do talk about, okay, we are here together because we are committed to treating people with integrity. We're, you know, I refer business to you because I trust how you'll handle the customer that that customer will be pleased there will be no you know backlash or anything that that customer is going to be in the best hands so that level of behavior we talked about and that level of expertise actually plays out in how business gets referred which in the in the the top of the real estate market that's critical you know that's how the that's how the business gets done
2: absolutely you want to boost that market share for sure yeah yeah um i want to switch gears and talk a little bit about um your leadership and maybe What I find is that every leader has some sort of kind of aha moment, whether it happens early in their career. Usually they have more than one. Um, But what is that kind of aha moment where you realized, oh, I have to switch gears. I have to do something differently. I have to be creative to grow, um, whether personally or grow the the company. Um, What was that for you?
1: Such a great question. Mm -hmm. And you're right. I I mean, it happens over and over again, Mm -hmm. right, throughout your career. One point that really stands out for me, and I've given this advice to other people who've asked me for career advice, Mm -hmm. is that I asked my supervisor at the time to give me something that was on his plate. I'm not sure what prompted me to do that. It was a little crazy, but I was used to only focusing on my own work. Mm -hmm. But I felt like I didn't fully grasp all the work, and I could see, you know, how busy everyone else is. It's like the person above you is even crazier busy than you Mm -hmm. are. It's not, it's not like this world where it used to be that the more senior you got that you somehow didn't have as much. It's like the world has flipped. But um, I said, give me something from your plate. And I followed up on it. And I got this incredible assignment to work with our top luxury agents across brands, actually. And it was eye opening to spend time with these top agents who deal with the high net worth and to be with a specialty, right, to be in a specialty versus all this broad work I do. I do so much work across every part of the spectrum. It was really great to focus. And also that was putting me with agents, right? Because a lot of the work I do is with brokers. And what an incredible perspective shift, like pick a different audience and get to understand it, you know, back to my trying to understand through facts and through information. So I got to spend time with the agents and they're so direct and demanding in the very best way. They just tell you what they need. You know, they treat the customers with the utmost everything, but they will Mm -hmm. be so direct with you, which is so incredibly helpful. Yeah. Um, And I got that assignment by asking, it made me my, my own plate get completely overwhelmed. And I had to in turn, have my team take something off of my plate, which I'm probably hesitant to do, you know, I'm such a doer. So that was a real evolution for me. It got me new work. It got me a totally new mindset and it forced my own hand to let go of work. Um, And I would say my my current challenge or new exciting thing to really think about a new pivot for me is just to be a leader among leaders in this role. Right. I mean, it's it's how can we help the leaders of this company be able to function at their very best level without all the day to day. You know, stress. What can we get resolved for them, and how can we get the best work shared across the company so that they can stay creative, motivated, excited? You know, we're, so leading among leaders is a new challenge. I'm looking for advice, um, and I'm excited about it. But yeah. we're—it's an incredible group of people at the company. I was at a dinner last week among a group of our leaders, really all levels. We tend to always all be together uh, whenever we can, and it's—it's um, it's incredible to. Just be at that particular dinner, Pam Liebman, the CEO of uh, Corcoran, was sitting next to me. Sherry Chris was there. It was actually a dinner in her honor. Sue Yannacone. We had people from across all of the brands. And, um, you know, it's like an industry event, right? Mm -hmm. It's there's so much knowledge all around the company um, that's available really to soak in.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. And, um, I, you know, you'd mentioned this way back, but I just want to clarify. So Sherry, um, she's a consultant now, correct? She's, she has not
1: left the company. No, she's, she works with us. She has a new, um, role at the company at the anywhere brands level. So she works across brands and it's a strategic focused role. So, um, she's very much a, a member of our team. Um, you know, And and she's still actually helping to oversee Better Homes and Gardens in the RA, actually still doing that work until we have new leaders in place for those brands that she has been leading You know, for quite some time. So, yeah, she's very much still a member of the team.
3: Hi, I'm McKenna Clay, Events and Programs Specialist here at HW Media, and I am here to invite you today to our next event this summer. You might be wondering, how do you build a resilient brokerage? Or how are execs at companies like Remax and Keller Williams being strategic? Well, you can learn from the greatest minds in real estate at this year's Gathering of Eagles event. Join us in Austin, Texas, June 18th through 21st, as we bring together the most elite brokerage association and team leaders, C-suite leaders, and top producing agents to grow, network, and really set the pace for what's next in our industry. As a valued podcast listener, we're offering 25% off the event just for you. Use the code PODCAST23 on the events page on Realtrends.com. Again, that is PODCAST23, and we can't wait to see you in Austin. Um, I want to pivot to
2: some industry um, opportunities, challenges. Um, One of them is artificial intelligence. We've heard a lot um, lately in the news about um, chat GPT and the the dangers and the positive side of it as well. Um, what are your thoughts on, you know, using artificial intelligence? And are, are there any things that um, Anywhere is working on to incorporate that into some of their marketing products or, or anything that they're working on?
1: Yeah, it, well, the, the- Product and tech team is, I did hear one update from them recently with some interesting work that they have underway. So very much, I think what it's important to not um, either think of it too simply or to turn, turn away from it. Right. So, I mean, I think simply is day one, everyone was saying, oh, this could write the, um, you know, the descriptions and listings and it's like, okay, that that's an easy concept. You know, you could use it that way and you could check your work, that kind of thing. But I mean, Simple drafting will be the least of it, and um, it would be you know silly to dismiss it thinking it's that right I mean it's going to be so much more I don't think you and I could even begin to picture it. I think it can help us sort through data and be predictive hopefully to arm agents like we talked about you know with where where could the market be heading trends what could the consumer be interested in who might be more interested in purchasing now so the sort of traditional work of making more sense of your network of cus- potential customers and who might be ready to, to do something. How could you prompt someone to do something? You know, there is a lot of power in the hands of agents in terms of how the market is doing, right? Like we don't have inventory. Okay, let's go get the inventory. You know, there's a lot of power in the in the agents. And so the more we can arm them with, the more they they can shape the business. You know, I think that's so important for them to understand that they do have such a big role in actually controlling and helping, you know, move the, move the market. Um, and I think internally it's probably pretty great just in what reports would be helpful is it, it, saving time. You know, I think Excel while an amazing product has such a massive role in every company and um, you know, that we've, we've come so far from those days, but I am sure that we will be finding much more intelligence, you know, just in terms of our own internal workings, and the information that our leadership team is provided with. And that's just the scratching the surface, I feel like I'm not able to think it through. But I'm not, I'm definitely not. um, I don't think our legal team is, you know, terribly risk adverse. It's a good, it's a team that takes a lot of time and thinking through anything, right. But I don't think we would shut no one should shut down and say that we can't touch it, like everybody has to, to dive in as a as an industry and really look at how it can help the consumer.
2: Yeah, and I agree. There are so many applications that I don't um, think people are really, or agents especially, are really thinking about right now. Um, and even brokers, uh, that will really be beneficial for them moving forward. So it'll be interesting. I know Zillow just incorporated it, and I think Resora did several of the tech companies are already incorporating it into their, their, um, systems. So. So yeah, yeah. I think it
1: could be a broad definition in which case everyone is already, you know, there's aspects of it in use, but like mm-hmm. God, for all of us, there's so much potential yeah. um to really help the consumer have a more informed transaction.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so where do you see, like, I feel like a market like this provides a lot of opportunities for brokers, whether it's to grow market share or to really spend some time implementing some new um, procedures or, um, you know, growth strategies. So let's get a little more specific or granular about that. Where do you see the biggest opportunities for for brokerage leaders in today's market?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you're spot on. It is, you have time if you want time, right? It's not so hectic. I mean, during no. COVID, people were you know, practically in tears over the <laughs> work. It was constant work. It was so yeah. hectic. It's like as good as it was, or as good as it seemed like it was, mm-hmm. it was a grind. So there is, this is the moment to do the traditional things like a business plan, it's really easy to push that off when you work in corporate America, you don't push it off because we're really good about deadlines and budgets and forecasts, especially publicly traded companies. Mm -hmm. But I think in a brokerage, you could get less disciplined, you know, you can't allow yourself, you need to, to, you know, cause yourself to be disciplined on your business plan, on measuring your success on on how you're measuring success. But just like they're telling their agents now to work their book of business and you know, S- a similar concept, but how can you expand your book of business? So I would say challenge yourself, everybody could do work on uh, diverse, di- uh, seeking diverse markets or diverse clientele or, or um, serving diverse, diverse markets. That's just one example. So draw up a business plan, how are you doing? that? how are you reaching to communities that you're not already serving? How are you making sure that your company itself is, is um, formed with, equitable principles where everybody feels included. You know, there is like good values based work to do that also has awesome um, business benefits, and fairness benefits, um, and tap into markets that need to be served that are underserved and deserving of being served. Like those are really worthwhile projects. And I think will make people feel their own sort of self value, get them reinvigorated in their work if they don't feel that way, or if they were exhausted by COVID. So I think that's an idea. You know, I think it's, Listening, we can't listen at the level we are removed. We have people in every market, but at the at the middle of the company, it's hard to listen with as much care as the local practitioners do. Like real estate really is local. And you know, what is going on with um, the who's what companies are moving in? So who is relocating to the area? Who's moving out? What industries are big? What are the builders doing? Small builders, emerging builders. What's happening with the commercial real estate space in town? You know, keeping an eye on that there. It goes back to facts, I guess. There just isn't enough information that you can go and get a feel for at that broker level that I think, you know, the bigger companies can't really guide that. But that is gold. You know, that is like pre-market information. The rest of us can tell you how much inventory we have and what a price looks like. A lot of, some forward looking, how many, you know, you could say listings and you could say what's in contract. I mean, we have data, but that is pre-market. That is pre, you know, like leading information that I think is fascinating that's out there. I'd love to get my hands on more of it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I'm working on some things to try to get that information. But I would just encourage the brokers to enjoy the power of all that information they have it can really inform their plan.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, my next question is really, you know, I want to know what podcasts are you listening to? Who motivates you? What books are you reading? Um, where are you looking for your inspiration and motivation?
1: So I, um, I have three children. So they're twenty one, twenty one, and um, you know, one is just about to go into college as well. Okay. So I'm like all in this, you know, awesome uh, group of mm-hmm. uh, People who insist that you listen to Huberman, so okay, that's yeah. like an automatic. <laughs> and um, he's, he's so informative. You know, I love that sort of science-y and human behavior um, mix of information. So you know, I'm listening to him. I am much more more than I am loyal to a podcast. I am I am someone who heads out the door on a walk and I pick a subject. You know, I might pick um, creativity or art. Yeah. I love art. I love fashion. I saw that you have a passion for fashion. I do. <laughs> That's like my biggest thing. I think yes. luxury is such an interesting, you know, mm-hmm. concept and I've always been interested in art. So mm-hmm. I will escape into those areas because they allow me to think creatively and actually mm-hmm. weirdly spin out new business ideas for me all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I get inspired, you know, by travel. You're probably the same if you like fashion. It's like very visual. Yeah. yeah. You know, I love, I can even love an airport because they're pretty well designed these days. Yeah. I love a hotel. I love a new view. I love being Mm -hmm. out of my space. So I'm not just, you know, reloading the dishwasher, which I do Mm -hmm. quite a bit. Um, You know, just getting into a new space is what inspires me. Yeah, Um, but I'm also big on yoga. Mm -hmm. And I find mind opening, literally just, you know, completely altering views at yoga.
2: Yeah, I am not into yoga. I'm into running, but um, awesome. I do. I listen to a lot of the manifestation. Um, well, I listen to a lot of the fashion to um, podcasts, and I pick subjects as well. Like I, you know, the I love the law of attraction and and the manifest. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I found some really good podcasts on that individual, like just listening. Um, but but yeah, you know, being being visual. Well, I just, I, in fact, one of the podcasts I just heard was talking about how to, how, um, the, the, um, the developer of Priceline, he got the idea for it from here, listening to some produce podcast or reading a produce huh. article discussing how bananas get more expensive as they get riper and, or maybe it was less expensive. I guess it's probably less expensive as they get riper, um, and so, he thought, well, how can I translate in- that into the travel industry? So, can I get these airlines to then, you know, the, as as they get closer to the travel date, give up their seats and uh, mark them down or or that? And he developed the whole idea for that company from... Listening or reading an article on produce, Um, so they come from all different areas. Uh, So it's really, I just find it fascinating. I love to hear what other people are reading or listening to, or or that as well. Yeah, yeah.
1: I recently asked a a very smart person for a recommendation of a book, and it is a book about the banana industry. Okay, and the whole history of the banana industry, and oh my gosh, a million ideas sprung sprung from that book for me. So funny connection. But yeah, stepping away from the, you know, I don't, I don't do a ton of listening on real estate just because I'm listening to it Mm -hmm. all, you know, all day anyway. Yeah. But then of course I do everything I need to, to kind of stay up to, you know, up to date, but I will definitely do a little bit of an escape to think differently.
2: Oh, absolutely. I think that's, you know, really smart too. So. So yeah. Um, industry trends, what are you seeing out there as, um, you know, whether it's, it's tech, whether it's um, structure, like broker structure, compensation models, anything, what are you seeing out there? As some, you know, maybe two different trends in the industry that you're seeing right now?
1: I'm, I'm seeing um, agents, you know, I think agents are definitely looking to expand their expertise again. Like, I, you know, you, you, more agents interested in luxury in particular. I think more consumers are interested in luxury. Look at us mm-hmm. talking about fashion, yeah. and I think you're seeing that quite a bit of that in real estate, mm-hmm. which is influencing the agents to want to grow their expertise. They want to be certified. There are programs in in our family of companies to be certified. Um Cobble Banker is one example, but they they want to have a certification and really like genuinely learn a new area of expertise. They feel uncomfortable if they're at an event and there are luxury agents and they feel like I'm not that. I need to be, I need to understand that. They don't want to feel awkward with their consumers, the customer. So I'm seeing that very, you know, please educate me approach. And it's specifically about luxury. Um, So I think that's a a bit of a business diversification piece. I also have seen a lot of interest in commercial real estate. So there's, um, I think, there were, there's always been a bit of residential agents touching commercial and there's commercial experts, commercial professionals, and, and they're amazing. And they can guide us through any aspect of a commercial transaction. I've just seen more interest in the commercial space. Maybe it too got a lot of interesting press during COVID, you know, a lot of new uses and innovation in the commercial space. So I've seen, um, we've seen tremendous growth in our commercial business. Uh, in the pure commercial business. And we've seen just more interest in people wanting to understand it enough, whether it's because they do a little touch of it, or they want to make sure they refer it correctly, and have enough education, again, to talk to their customer, because the high end customers, you know, they're in business, they own commercial real estate properties, or they're developers, you know, then they're also buying luxury properties, vice versa. I mean, there's such a mix. And it's it's a little bit of those same themes, but I'm definitely seeing interest in in commercial expertise, um, quite a bit. Yeah, that's
2: interesting. And I think,
1: Do you, have you heard or seen any? of those? I have,
2: especially as it relates to lifestyle commercial, um, you know, definitely have heard and seen more, um, agents interested in getting involved in that. So.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's good. I mean, it's encouraging. And again, it's like probably some market leading information if we listen closely mm-hmm. enough to it, you know, about where things are heading. The agents are, are, Just absolutely a tourist information booth of what is what is happening. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Uh, My last question is just: What does the future hold for Anywhere Franchise?
1: Growth. I am excited to be part of that. You know, I think that we have we always have to focus on retaining our existing business happily, whether it's the agents or the franchisees. But I think when you join a franchise, your expectation is that you will be part of something that's growing. More signs in the in the yard, so to speak, or as we say in real estate. Um, and I'm excited to be part of that. We've done some really great work um, in the inclusive ownership space where we offer um, a different program and some really great benefits to to pull in owners, um, inclusive ownership owners to you know have additional benefits. I think we've seen new ways to grow our companies. Those are among our fastest growing companies too, like really just tremendous. So we're going to look for continued ways to grow these networks so that we live up to the promise that when our companies joined these incredible brands, that these brands would continue to grow and flourish around them, which just gets everybody excited. The agents, it allows them to refer across a bigger book. They can refer across, you know, brands as it is. um, And so that the, the consumers, you know, see that growth. And I think we just want to keep the consumer in mind every step of the way and keep working toward less friction for them, whether it's in the transaction or engaging with us and, being in a place where they feel really comfortable with everybody that they interact with.
2: Great. Well, Liz, thank you so much for joining the Real Trending Podcast. I appreciate you being a guest and and offering all of the insight that you have on Anywhere Franchise and your new position.
1: It was great chatting with you. I hope to see you in person sometime soon.
0: Thank you for listening to Real Trending. If you haven't already, we'd love it if you'd take a minute to rate the show or leave a comment. And we will see you next week with more news and insights.